We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to episode 22 of Married Millennials. Deuce, deuce. It's a good number. It's a great number, you guys. I, I love my twos. No, I love my twos. They've been following me around forever. I won't go into full detail now. I'll spare you, but just know. I live off exit two. My childhood exit was two. The two was in my jersey. My address had a two in it. It goes on. It goes on and on. And on. That's really not an exaggeration. I could probably list 20 different scenarios in my lifetime where two was greatly significant in my life. So this right. is just destined to be a great episode. I mean, we got married on the 22nd and actual, actually our uh, our dating anniversary was February 22nd, which was like two. Trying to tell y'all, I'm just letting you know. The deuces are wild anytime yeah. Jay Rouse is around. Facts. Right, but don't you wonder if maybe you create that too? Like you see it more because like let's say fours could be just as prevalent in your life, but you're choosing to... I'm primed to the number two. Right, right. There's definitely some priming. That right. I'm more aware of the number two than other numbers. Right. But if I look back in my life, I've had no control of how relevant they have been in several aspects of my life. Right. So I say it's a combination of both. Also, four divided by two is two, right? And four <laughs> minus two is two, two. Okay. Look, guys, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never been that ridiculous. Yes, you are. I have no. I love it, though. I, I, I was that kid who used to add up, like, you know how you calculate the your name like okay the letter j is 10 and then you know i don't know i used to do that it's i it's some form of numerology but that you're just naturally curious about numbers i think when you're younger and you somehow stuck on two there's no being stuck on two it's a fact two's are a a part of of my life we say all that to say it's episode 22 we're excited about it and it's a lifestyle damn it another thing i'm excited about is the month of september Somebody's birthday's coming up. By far the greatest month because greatness was born. Did you just refer to yourself as greatness? Yes. Yes, I did. I mean, if I won't, who will? <laughs> Touche. Touche. So greatness is here. Uh, and Stop. this is the month in which I inhibited the earth. So I think that that's a wonderful thing. Also, Labor Day was yesterday. It is not the end of summer, everybody. I need it is the unofficial end of summer and I get that but it's stupid we have like it's not stupid yes it is it is not just as stupid as Memorial Day being the beginning of summer no it's not I don't like it it bothers me it's unofficial there's nothing to be bothered by it's an unofficial it's unofficially accepted like see this is like how we were talking about with titles right like stop unofficially Giving titles to things. You can't wear white yeah. past Labor Day. It's just, is it is what it is. A bootleg rule. I'm it's not a bootleg wear, rule. I'm wearing white on my birthday. If you're rocking white on like, September 21st, it's just too late. It's too late. You're going into fall. That's not. A, that's another unofficial rule. Like why? Give me a good reason. White I, is still a good color. 
white what is if a, you get white married? is a great color yeah no. stop you're being well, you're, you're gonna I'm what just, if you get married so we're gonna just listen, go to I'm a full extreme it's a stupid rule and then when can you start wearing white again when it is okay when is it okay to start wearing white again what's the rule for that like the full white i said spring no because there's winter white Ah, there is winter white. So it's like, when is it okay? But it's like, different. Is it all of fall, you avoid white. But it's different types of clothing, right? So when you're when you're wearing your summer whites, you're probably not rocking that again until the spring. Like, I don't think you should be rocking your summer whites in January when it's snowing outside. Right. Like, you have your winter whites and your summer. That's whites. That's fair. But what happens when you have three weeks left of summer? You can't wear white anymore. It's stupid. It's a seasonal thing. Not. I don't know. It's, it's the unofficial. Into summer, I'm saying, even though I'm we have three difficult, weeks, I know that, but I, I and I understand it. You're being it, extra difficult. It annoys me. It just annoys me. Memorial Day is not the beginning of summer, and Labor Day is not the end of summer. Officially, no, but unofficially, yes. Right. There's right. just unofficial Whatever. rules in society. It, I mean, this is one of them. Let's be honest. Get like, with the fall program. is even hot now. Like the beginning of October, it can be 100 degrees. So I just I have a hard time saying cut all summer activities out on this day it's stupid also my birthday's after labor day this year and it is some a summer birthday i have a summer birthday you seasonally yes you technically do have a summer birthday <sighs> whatever you you are so flustered but I your died. birthday is coming up i know happy early birthday thanks babe are you excited to go into your 27th year of life yeah yeah, I am. I, that sounded like a question. No, I, I am. It's I, Every year around my birthday, I'm just in a state of reflection. So I think that's happening heavily right now. But I I am excited about it. Good reflection or bad reflection? I mean, it's not. It's, <laughs> there, it's reflection upon the good and the bad. Right, you know? That's it's fair. Just, yeah, it's, it is what it is. I, I'm mostly pleased with how things have gone thus far. <laughs> 27 is an awkward age. When you look at 28 and 29, people are like, oh, you're almost 30. When I was younger and you would hear 28, 29, you're like, oh, they're almost 30. When you're 25, you're, okay, you're midway through your 20s. Mm-hmm. 26 is like, okay, you're transitioning really into adulthood. And then there's just like 27 that's just right there in the middle. Like, okay, you're 27 years old. What happens at this time? Right. It's just awkward. That's what I've realized in, in my months of, of being 27. <laughs> The significance of it in a societal standpoint just kind of seems pointless. But that's kind of beautiful, right? That there is no expectation for 27. So so we put such a heavy expectation on 30, right? Like, oh, by 30, there is no expectation for 27. So that's kind of like a wild card, if you will. It's almost like 37, too. Maybe it's just something to do with sevens. If you think about, I'm turning Hey, don't talk about the sevens. That's my number. I'm not saying it's a negative thing. (laughs) I'm just saying, but when you look at it, it's like, oh, I'm turning 37 today. It's like, oh, right. 37. When you hear 36, it's like, oh, you just passed 35. You're approaching 40. They have these have different weights. 38, like, oh, you're almost there. 39, you're right around the corner. Right. Maybe it's just something about the awkwardness of where seven lies. Maybe that's just what I think it is. it's a wild card age. You like, you can do as you please. So make it. What's it? The, the make the, it a great, great day. year. No, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. Didn't your principal used to say that? No, our principal oh. never said that. My principal used to say that every day. See, I, went, I went to private school. It was a little different. I went to private school, too. Oh, yeah. No, and that was private school. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was. I'm not sure. But after the morning announcements, he would end it by saying, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. So you guys used to have the announcements over the intercom? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have that. We had all of our announcements at Flag Salute on the playground. Like After we did everything, they announced it while we were all standing outside. 
So someone would hold a microphone. And oh, give yeah. The they did that in elementary school. Yeah, and that's what I had mine all the way through, K through 8. No. So I never had. I didn't have the PA announcements till I got to high school. I had to leave the private school life. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> no, I, I understand. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is not where I begged for public school. I had no choice. My parents said, you're going to be at private school <laughs> all the way through high school you didn't beg. and i was i, was, I didn't I, I didn't have a choice that's the difference like i could have begged you think you didn't have a choice you know I my pled parents my case yes but you, you know my parents but you were you were probably pretty happy with it i was not i was like okay everybody this is not going to work for me and here's why my parents had heard me out look you know my parents do you think that i had a better chance than you did yeah that's true <laughs> like, really think about that heck no my parents were not playing yeah yeah but when uh yeah, but I, I didn't have a choice. But granted, you you are right. Is I was fine with where I was at. Right. I was not like, oh my gosh, I hate this place. Right. And even if I did, I I don't think my parents would have been like, okay, let's go switch you to public school. Right. Like their whole idea was is we got out, we want to give our children the best, and private school was quote unquote the best. So regardless if wow. I liked it or did not like it, I think my black ass was going right. to be in private school. But thanks for our parents for sacrificing for much love. I'm not being ungrateful. Don't think (laughs) I don't think I'm being ungrateful. September also marks the beginning of football season. Football is back. And on the topic of football, we have to address the obvious hot topic conversation that has been going around for the past week or so. And and that's Colin Kaepernick's protests to sit, which now is kneeling during the national anthem and there's been a lot of heated conversation about this topic and when it originally happened I kind of just sat back and wanted to to get my thoughts together as someone who was an athlete and before every game the national anthem was always played Mm -hmm. and it was very a part of my basketball experience and to think of sitting down while that national anthem was playing that thought never crossed my mind so when i did it i was like "Hmm, i don't i don't know if this is something i would have done but as it went on i just kind of let my thoughts seek in and said all right i i see what he's doing but what really opened my eyes was just how negative and how angry and how mad people are about his protests right and for me you don't have to agree with his actions Mm-hmm. And But I, I do think it's important to note that his actions are not making him anti-American. And that's a lot of the commentary in which I've seen through friends of mine on social media, through the media outlets is, oh, because you don't stand for the national anthem, you're automatically anti-American. And I think that's a very dangerous rhetoric to spread. It's not, he's not anti-American. He's anti the treatment of some Americans in Mm -hmm. this country. Mm -hmm. And he's choosing to protest the national anthem to bring that to light. And again, you don't have to agree with his actions, but don't lose sight of the reason for his protests. We can't argue that there is validity in what he is trying to bring to light. And yes, he may not be as articulate as you might like, and we can dive into the semantics of how he's wording things. But at the end of the day, you can't ignore the facts that are so obvious in this country still. I agree with what you said. I don't think there's anything wrong with Colin Kaepernick protesting in the way he sees fit. It's a nonviolent protest, and, it, and it's accomplishing the goal in that he 
he he's taken action and when asked why he's taking said action he has explained i think pretty clearly what what he's doing and why it's a non-issue i think it you know he could be doing something crazy but he, he's not this is not crazy uh there's the hashtag veterans for kaepernick or this is everything's fine everything's fine this is not an issue what the issue is is violence against minorities um that's the issue and not even just violence against minorities it's it's an entire Unfair system treatment an, yeah. of of still looking to obtain true equality right. in the eyes of the law right for those who are not white. It right. is a bigger battle. It's also important to note that speaking against a part of the system doesn't make you a complete anti of the entire system. Right. We all go to work every day and we there are things we do not like or we would like to see change. Mm -hmm. So if we bring up and address that change, does that automatically mean we hate where we're working? No. no. We want to approve upon it. That is what right. a democracy is, right. is we want to bring attention to things that we believe should be better. Right. So because you make comments on how your country can approve, improve, it doesn't make you anti-American. Yeah. Like, let's really be honest. There's people out there who are, who are not black, mm -hmm. who are not Latino, who have, have, have their own beliefs on how they can make America better. And that does not make you anti-American. No, I You're, think that makes you very American. It makes you very, very American. <laughs> yeah. saying, this is what we want to do to make this country better. Right. You are ex exercising your right as an American to voice your concerns, protest as you see fit, and hopefully inspire improvement. That's that's what it's all about. And that's and that's okay. It's completely so, fine. So let's not get <laughs> let's not get caught up in all this hate speech that has been spewing for the last week. It's like you don't have to agree. I'm not saying you need to agree with his his form of protest. I'm not saying that at all. You have perfectly are acceptable to disagree with it. But if you are disagreeing with it and then spewing out hate and saying, "Oh, you're anti this," and right. you're con you're not helping any problem. You're contributing to a much greater problem. Right, and you're you're proving that he needs to be protesting because let's be honest, he's a black man who's standing up for something he believes in and people are telling him to, hey, be grateful. You're getting paid. Like, if things were so bad, you wouldn't have the opportunity that you've had to play for the NFL. Like, that's not what he's pro. He's not, and he said, I'm not standing for myself. I'm standing for those. Who don't have a voice. right. <laughs> and, 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 and lastly, the one thing that's really pissed me off about this entire debate is when people like to tell blacks, if you don't like this country, leave, go home as go if back to Africa. the white populace, it, you are the owner of this land. Right. Let's keep in mind, people, let's, let's go through the history lessons, is that when we migrated over here, we were not the natives of this land. We came and we slaughtered mm -hmm. the natives of this land and made this land our own. Right. So to come in and then say, you black people need to go back to Africa. Right. No, 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 no. I was born here. I'm an American. This is my home. So you want me to leave and go home? Right. I'm already home. Right. So let's be very, very conscious and careful of our words. Stop telling people to go home when their home is America. Right. 
Because what you're really saying is go back to where your ancestors are from. And if you're talking and you're not a Native American, then you need to take your ass back to your homeland too. So let, let's be careful in what we're saying with that language. At the end of the day, we are black Americans. And that, and we're just asking to be treated as not just black, but American. That's it. That's it. We have as much of a claim uh, to rights as anybody. So newsflash, nobody owns shit. If you were born in America, you're American. When right. you tell me to go home, okay, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go to another state. Right. I'll go to my house right. that I own right. in America. Let, right. Let's chill out, y'all. Like, stop it. Just stop. But where we will go voluntarily is on vacation. <laughs> oh, vacation. Uh, we just got back from Hawaii. Well, we've been back for a little bit now. But it was such a nice, relaxing trip. Joy and I have prioritized traveling in our relationship. It's something that we're going to actively try yeah, to do. It's a new priority. As much as possible. Even yeah. when we introduce kids, and I know we don't have kids yet, but everyone says, oh, and you have kids, like, y'all can't do shit. I'm, I'm trying to weave it in now that we are going to have the opportunity right. to travel even when we decide to bring kids in the world. But we just got back from Hawaii. We went to the north shore of oahu and stayed at the turtle bay resort i don't know if you guys have ever stayed there but if you haven't i highly and strongly suggest you stay there mm -hmm. resort was on point it was beautiful absolutely beautiful peaceful we wanted a trip where we flopped we didn't want to do anything it was, nothing zero right we wanted to sit by water and read that was the goal of the trip and it's exactly what we did when I say nothing, you guys don't understand what our day looked like. We woke up about six o'clock every morning. Yep, looked at the ocean. Looked from at our room. the ocean from our room. Gorgeous. <laughs> we went on a, on a walk, exercised, had breakfast, mm -hmm. read by the ocean, hopped into the pool, mm -hmm. came back to the room, napped, woke up. Let's go back to the pool, have right. some dinner, come back in the room, and call it a day. Right. It was beautiful. Nothing. Beautiful. And can we discuss these showers? I think I took probably about four showers a day because we were so in and out of water. They had two shower heads, one that was directly overhead and one of those that you could. It was a mobile shower head. Bathroom goals. Yeah, it was. I mean, and it was the size of a walk in closet. This this shower. So we did. Is this TMI if I say we took every shower together? <laughs> Not at all. But because we don't shower together now. Because right. we just can't fit comfortably. They weren't even sexy in these standard showers. ass tubs. Right. It was just kind of like, oh, we could both fit in here. Like, let's just chat and, you know, get clean. And it's not a nuisance to either one of us. It was wonderful. And we left the door open so we could just look at the ocean and bathe. That sounds crazy, uh, I back. guess. But take it was... me back. I didn't know how much I needed a, vac a vacation to do absolutely nothing until I was on a vacation doing absolutely nothing. We were only at the resort for four days, but when we checked out, I felt completely revitalized physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I was, like, I was able to just take off the yeah. worries of the day and do nothing. And we've gone on trips before, but we, this was our first time where we really did absolutely, we set out to do absolutely right. nothing. And it has completely changed. And the we game. said from now on, we're going to discuss because when we went on our honeymoon, 
Justin wanted to go, go, go. I could have flopped that too. Yeah, that I messed up. Too. I messed it up. But he wanted to do so many activities and it was our honeymoon. So I didn't want to be like, oh no, we're not doing that. You know, we just got married and I thought, okay, well maybe it'll be fun. Cause I'm more, I, I'll naturally flop anyway. I'm good with a hike or, you know, you exercise and then you're chilling. I'm cool with that. As long as I take care of my body, I'm okay to relax. Uh, so anyway, our honeymoon, we ended up doing what, four activities. We were there, what, seven nights? And I think we did four. I think it was four. Four different activities. Yeah, and the way days. we spread them out was not great. Awful. Like, we just, we never truly relaxed. And when you go on these little excursions, we went to Cancun, they take the full day. You're up when the sun rises and you get home when the sun is setting or has already set. Like, you're gone for hours. So... Anyway, going into Hawaii, I'm like, hey, babe, <laughs> I'd kind of just like to sit there and do nothing. And you were okay with it. I well, At first, I was like, ah, I want you to see everything because this was Joy first time going, Joy's first time going to Hawaii. Right. So I was like, no, we should be able to see everything. But I was like, you know what? I did not feel that way. Let's go ahead and take the relaxing vacation. And mm-hmm. now I have to take one of those every year. I found the sweet spot for the number of days you need to relax on a vacation. It's one activity for every three days of relaxation. That's how it has to be done. On our honeymoon, we were just did way too much. And when we came back, I was like, uh, that wasn't very relaxing at all. Yeah. But for this one, after the third day, on our fourth day, I was like, okay, I could have done an activity today and been fine. Mm-hmm. So that's the number. One activity for every three days of relaxation. But we did have an activity. Thanks to Turtle Bay, they saw that it was our anniversary and gifted us with horseback riding. You know, it was a sunset. A sunset yeah, horseback, horseback riding, riding session. session on the beach of yeah. Hawaii. And like through the jungle. It was beautiful. Oh, I'm not sure you can really top that. Take me back. Thank you, Turtle Bay Resort. Yes, much, much, much appreciated. If you haven't stayed at the Turtle Bay, I strongly encourage it. I know when people travel to Hawaii looking for relaxation, they typically won't pick Oahu because you think Waikiki, there's a lot going on there, super touristy, super busy. But the North Shore is about an hour and a half away from Waikiki, and there's literally absolutely nothing to do. So you can have a relaxing vacation right there on Oahu, and then if you want to go into the city and have an activity and have some fun, you can cruise on down and, and, and get into all the action. But yeah. it is possible to have a relaxing vacation on Oahu. You just need to do it on the North Shore. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, it will be well, well and worth the trip. And that drive is beautiful, too. Well, coming up one side, we actually, fun story. <laughs> they had a road closure. So we drove all the way up to the North Shore from, where were we, Honolulu? Yes. How long would you say we were in the car? Like a hour good hour. Change. A good hour. We're nine miles from the hotel, and there's a road closure. And, and if you guys have ever been, there's there it's a it's a one way highway. Right. So you can there's there's only one way to go up and one way to come down. There's only one road. Right. That's gonna get you there. So we're like, well, how do we get there? And he said, well, you need, you have to go around the island. And we said, how long is that gonna take? He said, probably about two hours. Completely unapologetic. Nine miles away from we, the resort. You know, and you know, you're starting your vacation. So we were jazzed to relax, but it was worth it. And shout out to Shay, our lovely friend, for taking the time to drive us <laughs> there essentially twice. Yeah, it was about three hours in the car. Imagine if we were in an Uber, though. 
We would have been. I would have been through the roof, livid. You're traveling up, paying money, and then it says, "Oh, by the way, you're gonna have to drive another hour and a half, two hours, and around the island to get to your destination." I would have lost my mind. I think I would have cried. I just, I just would have had a moment and and cried for my bank account. I would have cried in frustration because I couldn't imagine. What did you do? I think I would have had to call Uber and be like, "Look, I can't, I can't pay this fare." I think yeah, you probably, you probably would have had him drop us off at Shays or something and had her drive. Either way, she was taking us there. (laughs) But I'm saying, but even if you didn't have that luxury, like, what do you do if you didn't know anyone there? Yeah, and you had to to get to the resort. Yeah, that's a little unfair, Hawaii. Do better. There, there should have been some kind of notification at the airport. The hotel should have been informed. Yeah, something. We like, needed better communication. Nine that miles, wasn't good. Nine miles from, we the, from were the hotel. so close. We were too <sighs> close for that. Devastating. But it worked out. We got there. We had a beautiful, beautiful time. Also, just travel. Go on vacation. Relax. Especially if you don't have kids. Find a way to save the money. It'll yeah. make all the difference in the world. We still need to come up with a list. I want to do more traveling. Here's my thing with traveling. I I like it more sometimes in theory than in execution. I have a hard time being patient within the process of getting from point A to point B. I don't like to be in transport for too long. Uh, I don't like to be in the car for longer than two hours. I don't like to be in an airplane for a long time. Once I get to the destination, I'm happy to be there. But then you got to go home too. I don't like that. I, I need to teleport. I wish I could teleport. Well, that's not possible. I know. So I need you to build up your resilience to travel. <laughs> Somebody needs to invent it. Like, come on, help me out. Help me out. You don't you don't mind the the journey? Here here's the part of yes, I can be annoyed by the process of traveling, but if there is no other option, you have to deal with it. So complaining about something, I was like, Oh, I hate being in this plane for five hours. Well, this is the only way you're gonna get to this point. So complaining is null and void. I'm not complaining. I didn't complain on the flight. I, and I made a conscious effort not to. I, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I don't like it. I don't like it. You don't have to like it, but you do complain. But you didn't. You did I not did complain. I did not complain. I made a conscious effort because I was like, all right, Joy, planes are a thing. You I appreciate that. And now that I'm playing it back. Because remember I said we should do a cross-country trip, which is against my better judgment, I know. Uh, but I, I do kind of want to see the U.S. In that, yeah, it's in that not way. happening unless we have a It'll driver. Happen. Yeah, it can happen, but I'm we not can driving. Get a the motorhome, tr- a couple friends, set out on the road. Now that can work. See, I don't think see, just see, you and me should go. Okay, that would be a see, bad idea. You never said that when you said, "Babe, we should go on a a U.S. We road trip." We should go. With Absolutely friends, not. But, yeah, we can, but not with too many friends because then you're dealing with too many personalities and you don't know how people travel. In I the car. I agree. I'm saying, but the two of us, you and I. Traveling in the United States in a car together, that yeah, sounds like idea. the worst idea that yeah. you've come up with. Yeah, ever. No, that's awful. Like we, we might not make it back home. I'm like, well, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. The Married Millennials podcast is no right. longer going on. Love Jay's website, weirdly shut down. You guys would know why. We're not going on a cross-country road trip just to you. And I love you to death, but that's the good thing about being in that love would be the death is you of recognize what, <laughs> you, what you should and should not do. Right. You and I on a road trip together is a, a strong should not. Would you be willing to do a short road trip? Like go to no. the... No. I'm not driving in a car with you for longer than four hours. You complain so like when we Vegas go to San Diego. I, you had a conniption fit in the we car in driving traffic. to San It does not matter. You had a conniption fit. 
what driving is, to San why Diego. Do, why can't I just have a conniption? Why does it have to be a conniption fit? Because it, I want I <laughs> want to emphasize it was. It was how ridiculous fit. you were acting. All right. So no, we're not, it's not happening. No. No. <laughs> no. The only thing we could do is if we could drive along the coast. I think you could look to the left and you can see the water will bring you some type of peace. But just traveling the roads and mountains and deserts, no. Yeah, because even when you just uh, travel by the ocean, I was like, for how long? <laughs> see, can cannot do it. But yeah. I'm down for the motorhome. Yeah. So a couple of friends. friends. We can travel. Good little two. Friends that's got to be like a two to four. That's got to be like a two to four week trip though, Ooh, like to really road trip time. but if you really want a road trip i was like talking you, about like a week like i don't what what days. can you see in seven days trying to road trip the united states not the whole united states just like a few states yeah like hit some hot spots and then head back home mm, and you need longer than a week and actually i think this would be the ideal like get as far as you can hop on a plane and go home like drive all around and then fly back i think that is what we should do i think that's brilliant well, we're still not doing it alone. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think I just, I have a, a hard time remaining patient during all journeys, literally and figuratively. Life's journey in general, and people say it, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. I can't confidently say that I'm enjoying my journey every step of the way. Of course not. If we enjoyed the entire journey if we enjoyed every part of the journey we wouldn't be satisfied when there was moments of happiness there were reasons to celebrate just like a life if you're if you're given a life of privilege if you have never had to work for anything a day in your life when something small comes up that requires you to work a little bit harder or it's different than than what you're used to you're gonna you're gonna freak out Right. So I, I don't think you can enjoy the journey by having only high spots. There's no reason to celebrate if that's the case. Right, right. I think maybe I just need a victory. <laughs> I think maybe that's what it is. And I remember you're you struggling in the length between your victories. Yes, I just I'm I'm craving victory after victory, and and it's funny because if you ask me what that is, I couldn't articulate it. But I know what it feels like. <laughs> I need that feeling. I need that feeling. And the I, the I, feeling that you've accomplished something. It, right. Right. Something. But what? what is that something? And then this is the, the dangerous part of, of the flip side of goal setting is when you're so focused on the goal is you're putting all of your feeling into achieving that goal mm-hmm. is that I'm not going to be able to celebrate or feel anything until that absolute goal is achieved. And that becomes the danger because if we don't achieve that goal, we have set ourselves to be miserable right. and upset through the entire duration. And we can look through anything. Everyone's path to success is is longer, shorter than everyone else. And if we say, okay, we know or we don't know, but what happens if your your moment, that feeling is 20 years away. You're going to allow yourself to be miserable and emotionally spent for 20 years just so you can celebrate when you get to that goal. That's and that's a, that's a dangerous, very, very dangerous and, and scary place to be. And what you have to do is constantly create these new victories. Mm-hmm. It talks, and staying again on, on, on the topic of goal setting, 
oftentimes you'll read is they, it, people will say, find small goals that can give you that victory. Right. If you are, I'm setting out today to clean up my house. And yeah, yeah that's not, maybe that's not the best example, but you've set this goal to clean up a, your house. And goal. it's a very goal. attainable goal. Yeah. And you go, hmm, I did it. And you can look back and say, ah, that feel good. That feels good. Now that moment of, rejoice may last 20 seconds where a moment of rejoice of of landing your big break can can last a lifetime it's different but imagine if you had a hundred of those goals if you had 200 of those small attainable goals you can find your your peaks of happiness in in shorter time spans right right i i agree with that i just it's the application of that philosophy where i struggle I struggle in it. I and I and I'm working on it and I it's not that I'm not appreciative of things or that I can't see how blessed I am or any it's not any of that. It's just I and I think it's also again, I'm near my birthday, so I'm in a state of reflection and it's like, okay, well what do I want to be better and how do I get there? I th- I think that's another reason why I'm like Ugh. And I don't believe and I don't feel patient. I, I'm trying to be patient because I understand that's not how life works. You don't go, this is what I want. And it happens right away. But it's just it. Uh, like I said, the application of that is frustrating. I don't think your struggle in applying that patience is unique to just you. Mm-hmm. I think it is very prevalent amongst the millennial crowd. Mm-hmm. The world in which we live in is very different than our parents and everything that we've been taught everything that we've been told to go on and do is just different now. The corporate structure is different than it was when our parents were growing up. The schooling system is different than it was when our parents were were going to school and the level of education. Is it necessary? Is it not? We can, we can debate that till we're blue in the face. We're now in a digital economy where there's so many different avenues where you can create entrepreneurial endeavors. You have so much opportunity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet your guidance, your guidance is 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 minimal because we've been given so much. Whereas if you look to our parents' generation, it's like, well, there there really wasn't that much. Right. And it was okay. You 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 went to school, some went to college, but then you found a corporation, you stayed with them for 20, 30, 40 years, and and that was it. Life no long is no longer like that. Right. It's and, like when you go to a restaurant and there's way too many options on the menu. It's like. You have analysis paralysis. Yeah, you're you're stuck. You're like, what do I do? And that's and that's what's happening with with our generation. Is like every time I open my eyes and look, there's nine million different paths that I can go on, right. and it leads you to, to this and an anxiety. It's like, well, do I stay on this path? But what if I want to do this? Well, what if I do that? What if I? And you right. you become paralyzed and saying, okay, well, I I got to figure something out. This isn't making sense. Well. Why should not? Why should I stay here if I can move here and, and maybe get a little faster? And you're consciously you know, worrying about building a, a a future for yourself, and it's tough for those yeah. who have student loan debt who are crippled with right. fears. Like, yes, I want to go ahead and and move and shake, but I got to find a way to pay off these tens of thousands of dollars of of student loan debt. It's like when individuals go and buy a home, their risk of tr- doing something different becomes much different than someone who's just renting. It's like, I can't just go ahead and jump and, and take this leap of faith because I have a mortgage that I have to pay every month. Mm. But our mortgage 
is student loans. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I had that conversation um, with a friend actually just yesterday is that I, I feel like we are a very diverse generation and we're very capable of doing so many different things, but we are the majority of us. I don't know the exact number, but I'm going to go ahead and say the majority of us are tethered down by student loan debt. So where in these formative years where we should be exploring our different options and seeing where we fit in, we're a little more stuck financially. I just I can't move and shake like I need to move and shake. I can't explore like I need to explore because at the end of the day, I have this hefty bill that I have to pay monthly. I, and I can't escape it. There's no way out. I can't declare bankruptcy. I, I can't. I mean, I could probably, you know, fake my own death and then they'd go away. Some of them, most of them probably. Um, but that's no way to live. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it, it's tough. And, and everyone is trying to, to find their own way. And, and I think really we're just in a in a very we're in a transitional phase yeah. of our economy and everything. The, right. the, the digital space the technological space has changed everything as we've known it right and i want to say capability too personal capability i think we're we are the most um competent i won't say not in every generation is competent in different ways but we have been kind of trained and raised to be multifaceted we we have so many different capabilities and none of them are very well defined like I, I where I'm con the constant conversation we have is what is our actual skill set it's hard to say like back in the day word was a skill it was like oh, okay well I can type <laughs> now you, we have everyone can type so we're good at many things but we're not great at anything right and that's the problem is we have been told to go out here and diversify your skill set do so many of these right. things but then we need you to just go pick one Go find that job and, and stick with it and, and go down this path. But you're like, wait, I have all these skill sets and I want to do and I, right. I want to apply these these different things. And now you're telling me at first you told me to, to open my wings and fly. And now you're saying limit yourself completely to one thing. Right. And that has led to the rebellion of our generation. Right. Like we can advice. we can do a lot of things. You told us to go after everything. Yeah. And now you're telling me after going after after everything to go directly against that and just pick one thing is like yeah. no 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 yeah. this isn't this this is not how I was raised this is not how I formed my my world view this is not how I formed anything right. of what I thought my life was going to be well I went out here and and made myself and diversified my skill set to do a variety of different things and now you're telling me well that was irrelevant yeah well, of course I'm going to drive myself we were just nuts. experimenting just do this one thing now <laughs> what yeah, it, it, it's tough. It, it's really, really tough. Yeah. I, and I, that's, I think, the thing that I've been having the most hard time with um, as of late. I mean, really, my entire adult life, adulting has felt like this, but just more now than it, than ever before. And I think it's because I am. I'm getting older. Uh, and by no means, I, 30 is not the marker where you need to, like, this is what you need to be doing for the rest of your life. You don't have to be there, but I have been doing what I've been doing for, you know, a significant amount of time. We're kind of ready to switch it up, but I don't really know. I don't know how. And and that's really the the big issue is right. is being able to to set those tangible goals and like where we want to do next. And I've been guilty of this myself, is I have all this energy to move and shake and, and apply these different skill sets that I have. 
but my clarity is just not quite there. Yeah. And when you don't have the clarity or focus, you really can't move. And if you decide no. to move, all you're going to be doing is, is swimming in circles, yeah. trying to trying to trying to stay above water. Yeah. And that's the tough part. And, and I, I would almost wish that when I was growing up, people said, hey, it's you should focus on on one thing and, and really think about it. We had those conversations, but not really. It was that oh, you know, go explore, go find, do everything. Right. You, the world is your playground. And it's like, it, yes, it was my playground, but now that I'm in the world, it's no longer a playground. I, I have, I have one it's I, a battlefield. I have one toy. <laughs> you guys gave me a hundred, and out of the hundred, and out of the hundred toys I played with, I only got to ninety, and now the one that I'm in is one of the toys I never touched. So right, now right, I'm right. sitting here like, uh, what do I do? Right. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I don't have any answers. I think that's the frustrating point is I, I don't have any definitive conclusions. Uh, and I think that's why a lot of us are lost, if you will. And, and it's, it's not a great place to be. And I do wonder how other generations before us struggled with this, because I'm sure they did in their own way, too. But again, they had a different set of options available to them. It's just like our options are infinite, which you would think would be empowering, but but the ability, our ability to navigate those within the realm of traditional systems that still exist are almost, I mean, it's kind of impossible. I mean, I love what you said. You said analysis paralysis. Yeah. And that is really it. You've given, you've given all these options. And when you're given all these options, you can't thoroughly review all of them. Right. And it just kind of leaves you in this state of, well, like, I, I really don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what to <laughs> yeah, do. I don't know. <laughs> I love when I go to restaurants and there's eight things on the menu. Well, great. I, I'm going to thoroughly review yeah. these eight things and I'm going to come to decisions right. saying, this is the best right. one that I'm, I'm going to choose. And, and that's where we are. And it's, it's tough. I, I, I'm, I've been there. I, I'm still there now. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not pulling myself and saying I'm, I'm exempt from this feeling because mm. – I'm always questioning, okay, well, what is this? How can, is this going to lead to the, the building of the future that we want to live? Should we go out here and, and really try to, to pursue our own creative thing? But what does that look like? What are the risks involved? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be around in 10 years and, and 20 years? Like, there's a lot right, of what ifs. technology is moving so fast. And I have this discussion too, is that I think the older generations are and have always felt the new generation coming and pushing them out. Well, that is even happening faster now. Like, I think millennials will be, I won't say will be rendered irrelevant, but that pushing out process, I think, is going to happen a lot quicker than it happened for, let's say, the baby boomers. These kids are learning everything now. I'm like, damn, you guys know so much. Like, I mean, but it's happening in like five year increments (laughs) now. Like, it's no longer a 20 year process. It's quick. Folks. Like, cause they're going to be relevant in, in 15 years. Like yeah, it's it, crazy. It is. The people who are in middle school now, who are going to, when they graduate college and come out and was like, I can do everything digital ever. And I'm going to be like, right. uh, how do I do this? I'm sitting here looking through Instagram. Right. I'm like, man, you guys made all this stuff by yourself. Like I still don't know how to do this. Seriously. And like the generation after that's going to be having babies yeah. that are computers. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you weren't born with a computer chip in your head. You haven't evolved. Like, you know, like this is, it's insane. What, what it really comes down to, you know, to, to, to put a bow on the conversation is, we have to find that clarity. We have to be able to sit and have an honest conversation with ourselves about really what is it that we want. And when we decide that, we will be able to move along a path that is 
much more peaceful for us. But the truth is, it's contradictory to everything that we grew up believing. It's like, I didn't have to pick one because I was able to do everything. And, and I was encouraged to learn and do all these things. Yeah. And now I just have to pick one. Well, I mean, you just... Yeah, and I think that's what we It sucks. I, I need to pick a couple. I, I, I don't have a one option. I really don't. I need to pick a couple, which is better than 100. I need three toys, okay? <laughs> a few. A few, if you will. <laughs> and I think where I am is trying to remain patient in that process of deciding what it is that I want. because And I need to be patient, to my, uh, patient with myself and kinder to myself because I find that I beat myself up over not knowing exactly what it is that I want but I also need to cut myself some slack because I am only I'm tw- well 27 yeah about to turn 27 it's, yeah, it's, it's a process and, yeah. and and I'm learning that slowly it just it just takes time and how we can't get caught up on the one goal we have to find our little attainable goals that can bring us these spurts of happiness and right. along that way we pray and hope that our clarity becomes becomes clear. Right. But and, I'm so from, looking forward to that day. Yeah. Gosh. Or when I can look back and like interview, have an interview with a young 20 something. And I'm like, what would you tell your younger self? And I'm like, well, and I've had, I have it all figured out by then. And all these amazing things have happened. And not to say amazing things haven't happened yet, but I just, well, I'm looking forward to that. It, 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 it you takes know what time. I mean. It, it takes time. You just got, you have to find the, the small victory. Is there yeah. any of you out here who are struggling with, with the same type of issue of, of finding your way of finding your footing and yeah. and once you have found or think you found your footing being patient throughout that entire process and yeah. getting from from point a to point b and then point b to point c yeah. and they can all be you know, different variables of time but i'm interested to hear from from you guys and if you haven't found your footing how do you cope with that how do you how do you deal with being in the process of deciding what it is you want to do. I'd actually be very curious to hear about that as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and share it with your friends. And of course, guys, please connect with us on social media. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. We'll see you next week.